Good morning, church. Good morning. And uh, this is a great Sunday. I'm so excited about today. This is our Vision Sunday as a church and kind of looking forward to what God's calling us to do. It's also Promotion Sunday, as we've talked about. Kids are moving up, preschool children, students, new classes, people teaching and so grateful and so thankful. It's also kind of the start to a new ministry year. So this is the time we're kind of getting people in community groups and everybody's you know, locking arms and serving together and finding places to give back and to invest. And so this is just an exciting time and God is doing an amazing work and I love it, I love it, I love it. And uh, all the great things that he is doing. Also last week we kicked a brand new series called Making History, Making His Story Come Alive in the Heart of Your Family. And that's our heartbeat and our cry is that, God, you know, we have placed us in a family and we're all children. You know, we have parents or mom or dad. We have aunts and uncles. We are all, you know, many of us are different stages of life. And whether you're a student, you kind of look up to your family and have all these people around you. Whether you're a parent now and you still have parents that you're taking care of and now you're taking care of children and now you're investing, maybe you're a grandparent in the next generation. But all of us, all of us are in a family and all of us have this calling and this opportunity to bring Christ into our family and, and to make Christ the center of our home and the center of our hearts. Uh, this is my family. Uh, my family is right here and I love my family. We have a lot of fun together. Uh, we do. This is our family. And uh, that's Lisa. She's like, I'm not jumping right there, you know. So she's like, you can do whatever you want to, but I'm not going up there. So, and, uh, but we have a great time. Grace is our oldest. She just turned 15. I can't uh, believe it. And then we got our driver's permit. Uh, which is crazy because I feel like I was just teaching her to ride a bike and now she's like, you know, teach her to drive a car. I'm like, great, this is exciting. Where are those automated cars when we need those things? And uh, then Mabry is my middle one. She's 13. Uh, she just turned 13 last weekend. So now I've got two teenage girls in the house. So it's fun. We have a great time and lots, <laughs> lots happening there. And uh, she's amazing. And then Kate is still in elementary. She's in fifth grade and she's the best hugger in the world. So we've got elementary, middle, and high school. So our lives are kind of crazy, probably like your life, you know, there's lots of things happening. But what I love about my kids is, is they love church. And they do. They just love church. My oldest Grace, I mean, she leaves with me at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings. You know, here she is in high school. She's like, I got to get there, Dad. You know, I got my class that I'm teaching. I do move crew. And I'm like, all right, let's go, you know. And so it's just exciting. But to see them growing up in you, and you are investing in them. And I want to say thank you. I mean, you are teaching them and discipling them, modeling for them. And I say thank you. And I don't think it takes a village. I think it takes a church, <laughs> I really do. I think it takes a church. That's why God ordained that we be part of a church, a part of the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that today. If you have a Bible with you this morning, invite you up with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 127. All right, Psalms is like in the middle of the Bible. So kind of if you open right to the middle, you'll be there or be right around there, Psalm 127. Now, if you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. Love for you to grab one as we unpack the Word of God today. Also, we'll put the Scripture on the screen if you got a worship guide this morning, you can also fill in some blanks in just a minute. We printed the scripture there. There's places for prayer requests on there. There's places to mark if you want to make a 
decision or get involved in community groups or whatever, that's on your worship guide today. So pick up here, Psalm 127, and I want you to see there's like a little heading there. You see that? And it says this, a song of ascent, right? A song of ascent. And now that's from Psalm 120 to 134. There's these 15 psalms, and they're all beautiful. They're kind of short, but they're all written as kind of worship songs. But this is what would be used for when you would come and worship at the temple. And so there were three big feasts a year that if you were a Jew, no matter where you were living in the world, you were supposed to come to Jerusalem to worship at the temple with the whole body, with everybody gathered. And so you would make the trek, right? It'd be your family, your extended family. Like if you lived up in Galilee, you're talking two to three day trip. But you all, we would come together and you would come there for Passover or Pentecost or Feast of Tabernacles and, and you would come together. And, and I love that. And then when you got to Jerusalem, there's these steps going up to the temple. And so when you got to the first step, you would start to quote as a whole family. You would start to quote or sing Psalm 120. And the next step, Psalm 121. Next step, Psalm 122. And you would sing these songs as a family or quote these passages of scripture as a family, and then you would come up to the Temple Mount and all worship together. I mean, it, you know, you're just preparing your heart, right? It's like the songs we sing, prepare our heart for the word of God and worshiping him. And so it says a song of ascent, and then it says of Solomon. Solomon, now who is Solomon? If you remember, Solomon is David's son. So all summer, we were in this great study called I Am David, and we were talking about David, this guy in the Old Testament who's called a man after God's heart. We had a son, Solomon, and Solomon becomes the king, and now he's reigning over all of Israel, and he's scared, okay? I mean, he's nervous because his dad was a you know, big success, wasn't perfect, right? Made a lot of mistakes, but was successful and had built like, you know, so many great things, and now here's Solomon, and so God comes to Solomon and says, hey, you can ask anything. What do you want, Solomon? You ask, I'll, I'll give it to you. And I'm sure Solomon's going, uh, money, power, success, you know, death to my enemies. I mean, like, what's he gonna ask for? You know what Solomon asked for? Wisdom. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? He goes, God, give me wisdom to lead your people. God, I need you. You pray for wisdom? <laughs> I hope so. In your family, in your workplace, your kid's school, wherever you are. He said, God, give me wisdom. And God said, okay, I'm gonna give you wisdom. And because you asked for wisdom, I'll add these other things too. And Solomon becomes the wisest man that ever lived and the wealthiest man that ever lived, especially if you go back and look at today's dollars, unbelievable. But here he is writing this, and he says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Wow. All right, here's some things I want you to write down from this short psalm right here. First of all is this, who's building your house? <laughs> Solomon says, unless the Lord builds your house, the laborers labor in vain, the builders labor in vain. Maybe you think, well, I'll tell you who built my house, right? D.R. Horton or Jones Company, right? Or Pulte or, you know, Toll Brothers. I mean, like we go through this kind of immediately we think about that. Or maybe you go, I'll tell you who's building our house, 
Chip and Joanna, okay? <laughs> they're, they're the ones that are building our house. Yeah, we got Chip Lab, and we're, yeah, yeah, they're all around. I mean, we kind of think that way, right? Or maybe, maybe you think, oh no, it's Ikea, right? I mean, it's Ikea, or it's Pottery Barn, or it's Restoration Hardware, you know? Immediately, we kind of think about the outside, we kind of think about the remodel, we think about things that we need to do, and it's great to have a nice house, a nice apartment, nice condo, nice townhome, whatever, that, that's fine. But what Solomon is saying is, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's really building your house? <laughs> Who's building your family? Who's important here? Because Solomon was a master builder. I mean, this guy had building down, okay? I mean, he built palaces. I mean, he built himself a palace. He built a palace for one of his wives. He had a lot of wives, okay? So he's building lots of houses and palaces. He, 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 built, uh, he built a stable for himself for a thousand horses. Imagine how big that stable was, right? That's at Megiddo, by the way. He built the cities. And what he realized is this, is that, hey, those things are here and then they're gone. We live in a fast growing area and many times, you know, people are moving and you put a lot of money and resources into a house and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna upgrade. I'm gonna move to a different house or I'm gonna move to a different place. And, or man, where we live, it's like the house gets knocked down and then two houses are built on that same lot, right? Or three houses on that same lot. And, and it's okay to put resources there. We wanna have a nice place to live. But what Solomon's come back, is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let the Lord build your house. And if you think about really the heart of your home, if you think about what your house is really about, and then you start to go, wait, what's happening in my house? What's important here? What am I passing on to those who come behind me? Is it sports? That's fine, but is it materialism or is it GPA or what are we really about? Or would we say, you know what? Our house is a house of prayer. <laughs> you know what? We're not perfect, but man, our house is a house of love. Our house, we, you know, we may have some challenges, some struggles, but man, we know that we care for one another. Our house, we, we were raising people in our house or our roommates or our friends or people who come over. They know there's something different here because unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And he goes on, he says this, that God grants peace in your heart and home, right? He says, hey, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I don't like to do anything in vain. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's get it done, let's do it. But I want, I wanna not just be busy, I wanna be accomplishing something, right? And there's a difference between activity and accomplishment. And sometimes we can be like the little round on the wheel, we're running, 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 and then we look around and we go, well, really, am I making a difference? I mean, am I investing in things that matter? Am I investing in things that last? Or am I just doing a bunch of activity? Am I just toiling away? And I love, I love where he says, where he creates sleep to those he loves. I can lay down at night and go, you know what? Yeah, maybe challenges, but God, I can sleep because there's peace. There's peace. God grants peace in your heart. You know, that's where it starts. A lot of times in our home, we go, man, if I could just fix my roommates, man, if they can get, you know, I can get them to put their bowl in the dishwasher, that'd be better, everything would be great. You know, if we can get them to do this, if I could fix my spouse, if I can get them to be on the same page with me, if I could fix my kids, if they can, wait, 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 start here. Start here. 
God, I need peace with you, and peace with you comes through Jesus Christ, your son, who died on a cross, who paid the price for my sins. I am redeemed and I'm restored. And listen, if God's gonna take care of your salvation, don't you know that there's nothing he won't meet in your life? Don't you know that he sees the challenges and that he is with you and that he is for you? That's how you can lay down at night and go, okay, God, you got this. And I can lay here all night and I can toss and I can turn. I can try to think about everything that's wrong with everybody else. But God, I want peace. And God, I want peace in my home. I want peace for those that I love. Let me be a person of peace. Start with me and bring that into our house. God grants peace. And then invest in the next generation. Solomon just starts talking about this children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, children born in one's youth. Blessed is man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame and they contend with their opponents in court. He's like, hey, hey, there's something special about that next generation. There's something special about the ones who are coming up and coming behind you. Children are a gift. They're a gift. They're not just in a nuisance. They're not just there. You know, they, they grow up quick. They are a gift. And you embrace them. You embrace them. And here's the thing, guys. God, in many of our homes, has placed children, and they are a gift. But for all of us, as the family of God, God has placed children here. Here at Rolling Hills, there are a lot of kids, preschool children and students. It, it's all of our responsibility. It, it's all of us that we are investing in those who come behind us as the family of God. The name's Carl and Sue Moore. They don't mean anything to you. But when I was in seventh grade, they were my seventh grade Sunday school teachers. I mean, that's a long time ago, right? And I still remember them. Carl and Sue Moore. And Carl would always come in in a suit. He was always, you know, dressed in nine, man. He was coming in. And, and, and Sue was his little wife. And, and she was always prepared, always ready. So when we came in the door, she was ready. Because I remember her saying this. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, you know? And so I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but, uh, you know, seventh grade. But here's what she knew. Here's what she knew. If you give seventh graders free time, it doesn't work well for anybody, okay? So, so we hit the room, and she's like handing us word of fines. We got Bible studies, and we're like going through and circling, and, you know, we're memorizing scripture. And she knew, and everybody wanted to be in their class. And, and here's the thing. I got them when they were in their 60s. And they had been teaching seventh graders for 40 years. 40 years. Same church, right? Just serving faithfully. Later on, here's what I, I came to know about Carl and Sue. They, they never had kids of their own. And I don't know whether they couldn't or they just chose not to, but they raised up generations. Here's what I also found out later on, that Carl was the head of the Federal Reserve for the southern part of the United States. He had this giant job. I had no clue. I was in seventh grade. I didn't know what he did, you know, but he flew all over and he was gone all during the week, but he was back every Sunday. I'm thankful for Carl and Sue Moore. I'm thankful that they invested in me and in my friends, squirrely seventh graders, right? They invested in all of us and passed it on. You see, invest in the next generation. It's not just, hey, well, that's the parents' job or that's the church's job. No, it's all of our job. <laughs> it's all of us because we are the body of Christ. God gives us a physical family and a spiritual family. 
When you come to know Christ, right, by God's grace as he draws you to himself and God places the gift of the Holy Spirit in you, praise God, you're not a spiritual orphan. You are not a spiritual orphan. God places you in a family. And God places people around you. That's why it's so important to be in a Bible study. That's why it's so important to be in a community group. That's why it's so important that we learn and we grow and we mature because we are a part of a family. And it takes everybody. It takes people teaching seventh graders and people teaching preschoolers and people holding babies and people in the parking lot and ushering and greeting. And everybody's got this call as the family of God. And it is a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in us. So here's the thing. What is the vision God's given you for your house? What's God given you? Not just have the best house in the block, not just have the next fixer-upper, not just have, you know, like lawn and of the month. You know, I mean, those things are fine, but, but what's the vision God's given you? Is it to be a house that radiates Christ? <laughs> Is it to be a house of love and grace? Is it to be a house, man, we pray, we serve, we give, we're generous. We know our neighbors and we share the love of Christ around. We're committed to church. We're committed to these things. These are important in our house. And then what's the vision God's given us is the house of God. Because God has you here for a reason and for a purpose and everyone is essential to this community of faith. What's the vision God's given us? Well, nine months ago in November, we did a for the kingdom kind of whole campaign. And we talked about living for the kingdom, you know, and that our lives together would matter. And I just wanna update you today kind of on that vision that God has given us nine months ago that continues to bring to fruition the things that he's doing here at Rolling Hills as the body of Christ, the family of God right here. Nine months ago, we had five initiatives. Invest in the next generation. Improvements we needed to make here at a Franklin campus. You know, as we we're growing here, uh, you can just see, praise be to God, it's exciting. Um, we also talked about a new permanent home for our Nolensville campus and for our Nashville campus. You know, we are one church with multiple campuses and it's exciting to see that. And then also transitional living homes for orphans in Moldova. Uh, this country and the former Soviet Union and working with orphans there as we've been doing since the start of the church and just saying, hey, how can we make a difference there? So we had these five you know, initiatives that we were talking about and, and we came together in 497 households, 497 households. So we're gonna give over and above our tithe. We're gonna invest. And we did, Lisa and I, and just locking arms with the body of Christ. And if you are missed any of that, maybe you can stop by Next Steps and get the information and say, hey, I wanna be a part but we've committed together as a church over $5 million to pour into these five initiatives. And it has been exciting, you guys. Our, our vision statement says this, a people of God reaching out. We know we're reaching out. This isn't a country club. We're not members. Everybody's here to serve us. No, we're reaching out. We're inviting people in. We're saying, hey, come meet Jesus, the one who changed my life. Reaching out, growing up, we wanna mature our faith in giving all. It's all for him. It's all for his glory. God, here's my life. Use me. And so I want you to hear a little bit more about what God's doing in these five initiatives and what God's calling us to do. And so right now about our Franklin campus, watch this from Chase Baker, our family pastor. 
Hey guys, I want to update you of where we are in the construction process here at the Franklin campus as we build out our new spaces. You'll be happy to know that we've officially begun. And so over the next few months, we're going to be seeing walls go up, uh, electrical work being done, plumbing, HVAC, all the things that, that make up a space. And eventually this space is going to be filled with people, um, students and kids that are going to fill these spaces to make them what they will become. And uh, we're expecting the completion of this project to be around the first uh, first of the year, around, around quarter number one for 2020. Really exciting things happen. And, and right now, I'm literally standing in the middle of what will become the student ministry space. And right behind me, way back in the corner over there, is going to become fourth and fifth grade ministry. Now, as you know, God is doing incredible things in the life of family ministry. And, and we are a church that's really passionate about the next generation. And so while we build out these spaces, we, we want these spaces to provide more opportunities to reach out, reach more kids and students. This space will become a place where they can laugh, they can have discussions and, and dialogue. These places will be a place where they can have fun, but, but also a place where they can learn what it means to follow Jesus. A place where um, we believe that generations and generations will be coming through this space and, and they're going to be saying yes to this, this Jesus and it's going to change their lives forever. And that's going to go from generation to generation to generation. And we can't forget church family. We can't forget that our kids and our students are the, the messengers that we're sending to a future that we're not going to see. That we're not going to, so we are making deposits now into that generation, and we're giving them a message to take to other generations the message of Jesus. One of the, the scariest verses in the Bible, one of the saddest verses in the Bible to me, comes in Judges 2:10. And it says this: After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done. That can't happen on our watch as a church. We, we're not going to let that happen. We want to continue to raise up generation after generation who are passionate followers of Jesus, young men and women who understand that what God has done and how God has provided and what God is doing um, in and through them and that they have purpose. You know, this is not only a space for the next generation. We're also creating adult classroom space, adult space where we can have adult discipleship classes, training opportunities, coaching opportunities will happen in those spaces. But also another heartbeat of Rolling Hills, uh, as you may know, is we want our building to just be used. We want the community to be able to use this, to be able to come to this place and, and use it as, as ministry opportunities, as a way for us to reach out to the community as well. Now, while we build out this space, know that um, we're trying to make room outside of this space as well for the people that are coming inside this space. So while this is going on, we're going to be building a, a parking lot, and which would be completed around the same, same time frame, around the beginning of 2020. And here's what we ask of you. It's really simple. Pray for the process. Pray for the process as we continue this construction but also pray for the future stories that are gonna be written within these spaces. What I love about it is these stories are really gonna be stories that are written for the kingdom. Mm. So it's exciting, you saw the construction when you came in and so that warehouse right next to us, we started work and 
man, guys, it's gonna be awesome just to see and, and have more space for kids and for students and for lives to be changed and transformed. I also want you to know that, you know, we have multiple campuses. And I want you to hear what's happening at our Nolensville campus and then what's happening at our Nashville campus. And so listen to Pastor Jason Hale at our Nolensville campus right now. Good morning, church family. I am so thankful to be here with you today sharing some exciting news about what's happening in the life of our Rolling Hills Community Church Nolensville campus. So many of you have reached out and you've been praying for our campus over in Nolensville, and I just simply wanted to say thank you for that. God is doing something so incredible across the landscape at Rolling Hills, not only here, but throughout the world and JMI, and I, for one, am like you, just so thankful that I get to be a part of it. As many of you know, we have enjoyed an opportunity to be worshiping at the Nolensville Elementary School right here in Nolensville for the past couple of years. And they have been a great partner. We have loved being there. And it's been so incredible to see what God has done in and through that place. But our time at Nolensville Elementary School is coming to an end. In fact, in October of this year, we are making alternate plans to be meeting at other places. And for the past couple of years, we have been feverishly praying and working and expecting for God to do what only he can do in our midst. I was uh, laughing with someone the other day. I said, I feel like over the past couple of years, I have personally walked inside every building in Nolensville looking for the place that we might meet. We've explored land options. And then one of the things that we've also been discussing that's happened a couple times now in the life of our Rolling Hills family are church mergers. We started a conversation with a church here in Nolensville a couple of years ago actually called Revive Church. They have uh, an amazing uh, piece of land and property right here in Nolensville. Uh, Revive has amazing leadership and great leaders in the life of their church that have a heart and a vision for what it is that the Lord would desire to do. And fast forward a couple months from that, in fact, to April of this past year, we really re revisited the conversation about what it would look like to work together. And throughout these past couple of months, the, the leadership of Rolling Hills and the leadership of Revive have been praying and working and just trusting that if this is something the Lord would desire to do, that he would make it abundantly clear. And so I come to you this morning to share with you some exciting updates, but also to share with you some things that we're gonna ask you to be praying for. As we've been working through this process, uh, I've had the opportunity to, to speak at Revive Church. We have had the opportunity to share in leadership meetings together. And in fact, next Sunday on August the 18th, Revive Church is officially going to vote whether or not they would like to merge with Rolling Hills Community Church. We're excited about that possibility, but we're also in this season where we're trusting that if the Lord's in it, he's going to make it happen. In fact, Psalm 127.1 says that unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers build in vain. And so we're asking you this morning to pray, commit to pray this week for what the Lord has in store for our Nolensville campus. And whether it's merging with Revive or whether it is something else that the Lord has yet to make clear to us, we're excited about that and we look forward to sharing that news with you. To God be the glory. Have a great Sunday. So excited to be on this journey with you. It's amazing, church family. I mean, to see what's happening there. I mean, we've been setting up and tearing down for five years, okay? You know, and, and uh, just that process. And now with God bringing Revive, just the opportunity for us to work together and have Rolling Hills, Nolensville uh, be in this new location. So be praying for the vote next Sunday there. And then also our Nashville campus. And there's some exciting news to share. And so our pastor, uh, Nick Allen, watch this from him. 
Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. I'm really excited to be here with you today um, to share some for the kingdom sized news about what God's doing in the life of our church. Uh, many of you will remember that 18 months ago, we began a formal merge process with Belmont Heights Baptist Church in Nashville. Um, after serving at the Franklin campus for 11 years, my family and I made the move from Spring Hill to Nashville so that I could serve as the campus pastor of that location. Um, and I do miss seeing you guys regularly on Sundays, but I wanna tell you today that God has been so faithfully at work in the life of this brand new campus. As we made the move to the Belmont Heights location, we knew that there was a timeline, that we had to be out of the place that we were meeting by March of 2020. And as we've prayed all year that God would provide us a permanent location, a permanent building, we didn't know that he would bring us an entire church body. I'm actually standing here today in the sanctuary of Park Avenue Baptist Church, which after some renovations will become our permanent Nashville uh, campus home. And we're really excited about the future that we have here. As, as we're in this Making History series, it's really exciting to know that God has blessed us with a church that has over a hundred year history in the city, reaching people and transforming lives for Jesus Christ. And now, uh, not just their history and, and our history, but we get to partner together um, to be better together for God's future right here in the heart of Nashville. Um, you know, this Sunday at each of our campuses, we're, we're highlighting Psalm 127. Um, and at the close of this very short Psalm, uh, God is giving us a picture of, of how blessed it is for us to have children. Uh, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with kids uh, and he's not gonna stand uh, a, a difficult in the face of his enemy at the gate. That's a really powerful picture. And what we know is that God is building our families, um, but it's not just our biological families, not just our adoptive families, not just the generations that share our last name. It's really our spiritual children that we're praying that God would fill our campuses with, people whose lives are transformed by Christ. Um, at the end of that psalm, there's a, a really neat picture of standing in the face of your enemy at the gate. Now, you guys know what a rap-off or a sing-off is and how people kind of come together and battle each other with words. Well, that was actually happening in antiquity. People would get together at city gates and solve their legal squabbles. They would get together almost in a boasting fashion and say, this is why I'm better and this is why you're better. Uh, we know um, that our enemy is full of lies um, and that he boasts. Um, our enemy uh, in this world, he, he boasts when, when churches shrink or close their doors. And that's happening all over our nation. Um, our enemy boasts uh, when churches are full of arguments and infighting. And that's happening all over our nation. And so what we're excited about uh, the most in this adventure um, is that our enemy can't boast. We already know that Jesus Christ has won the war, um, but when two churches come together to partner together, to be better together, um, we're winning a, a really great battle right here in our city for the hearts of people. Um, and we're gonna see our great God fill up our Rolling Hills quiver um, with people whose lives are transformed by the gospel. And it's gonna be spiritual children for generations loving Jesus and making his name great. I'm excited to be on this journey with your church and really excited to share this incredible news today of what God's doing in the heart of our city. Guys, it's amazing. Uh, Park Avenue voted last Sunday 63 to zero, so unanimously to become a part of Rolling Hills. And uh, it was awesome. Their pastor, Patrick Hamilton, is so excited. He just can't wait. He was at our all-staff 
on Monday, and he's like, I just want to be a part of a healthy church. I'm just hearing so many great things about Rolling Hills. I can't wait. And he started unbutton his shirt, and I was like, whoa, cowboy, we're not that kind of church. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on here, you know. But he pulled off this shirt, and he had a Rolling Hills shirt on under it. He untucked it, you know, of course, and, you know, so. And he's just like, yes, yes. And we were all excited. It's just amazing. I mean, you can't outgive God. And unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. I mean, God is just doing immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine to have a presence in Nolensville and Nashville to reach more people for Christ and see lives being changed. Yes, I mean, it's exciting. Also, the fifth part of that is, is Moldova. And, and, and you guys know, when we were at church, you know, 16 years ago with 15 people, we said it can't be about us. And so we started doing mission trips to this country in the former Soviet Union, the poorest, smallest country. But the statistic that got us was 60% of girls trafficked and prostitution in Eastern Europe come out of this country of four million. And we said, no, we can't. Hey, you know, our God is a big God and we've got to do something to help. And so 18 people flew over that first year to, to go and to work in orphanages. And, and God has just been moving and working. And 10 years ago, we started Justice and Mercy International, a nonprofit. And now, you know, we have two houses in Chisinau, two houses in Belts in the North. Uh, what's amazing, church, is when we were meeting at the movie theater, as a church, you know, we, we, bought, we bought a transitional home. We bought a house in Moldova. We owned a house in Moldova for girls that have to leave the orphanage at 15 and have no place to go. We owned a house in Moldova before we ever owned property here in the United States. We just said, you know what? That's what God's calling us to. Um, this summer, I helped go with a team from our church. We had 70 people between three teams of our church going to work with kids. And, and so I went with the team to go down to Cahul to the south to look for two more houses so when kids have to leave the orphanage, they'd have a place to go. And we went down and started meeting kids in, in some of the areas and the, giving out food. And we were giving out shoes in one place and they were all crying because they don't get shoes that much. I mean, just precious, beautiful children there and seeing lives being impacted and, and lives being changed. And guys, that's you. It's your church. It is you, your, your kids that you're pouring into the next generation. It's not just here, it's around the world. Two of our kids, uh, we were over there, they got married, uh, Tudor and Stella. They were at two orphanages, one in Belts and one in Chisinau. And then they came to our transitional living homes and they met and got married this summer and they are godly and they're working for JMI now there. This is our grace house and these are some of the girls that are there, 15, 16, 17 year old girls that you, you church are pouring into in the name of Jesus and giving a hope and a future. Thank you. Thank you. There's no place in the world I'd rather be or investing my time and energy. I don't want to just do a bunch of activity. I want us to make a difference together for the glory of God. You know, one of my favorite people in the Bible is a guy named Joshua. Joshua, in the Old Testament, he was Moses' apprentice, right? And he was following Moses around, and he was learning from Moses. And, and then it came time, right? to go into the promised land. And, and they had traveled. They had been set free by God's grace out of Egypt. They come across the desert. They're standing on the banks of the Jordan. Moses goes, hey, 12 spies, you go check out the land. Go check out the land God's given us. And Joshua was one of those guys. And, and the 12 spies go in the land, and they come back. And Joshua and Caleb go, let's go. Wow, look what God is giving us. And 10 of the spies come back and go, no way. There are giants in that land, and they're going to eat us alive. There's no way. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. 
And so the people sided with the 10. <laughs> they didn't believe God. They didn't trust God. And God goes, okay, maybe you're gonna need to make some more laps around the desert until that whole generation dies off. And they come back and even Moses died off and now it's Joshua who's leading the people. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of that whole generation that got to go into the promised land. And Joshua leads the people in and battle after battle, God just wins and wins and God blesses them. And Joshua's like, okay, here I am at the, toward the end of his life, he gathers the people. They're living in this land with houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant. God had given them so much. They were so blessed, just like we are so blessed. And Joshua pulls them together and he goes, guys, listen, here's the thing. I'm old, I'm getting ready to die, but here's what I wanna tell you. Choose you this day whom you're gonna serve. Choose you this day. Is it gonna be out of fear like your forefathers? Are you gonna not trust God? Are you not gonna have a greater vision for your life? Are you not gonna follow him? Are you gonna live that kind of fear-based life? Or is it gonna be the gods of the culture, of the people that we were into, you know, and the culture of the world? Or are you gonna follow God? Choose you this day whom you will serve. And then Joshua goes, but as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15, Lisa and I had it engraved inside of our wedding rings. We just said, as for me and my house, come what may, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna follow him. What about you? What's the vision God's given you for your house? What's the vision God's given you for your home? What's the vision God's given you for your life? Serve the Lord and follow him. He is with you and he is for you. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Right where you are today. I mean, what's most important to you? What are you building your house on? What do people see when they walk in? What do people feel? What are you communicating? None of us are perfect, no. But God is. <laughs> and God is faithful. And God is the rock. He is the foundation. He is our joy. He is our hope. He is our peace. And so, Father God, here we are, your disciples today. Your church, the family of God. And Father, I pray this morning, Christ, you would reign supreme in our homes. I pray you would start in our hearts. We wouldn't look around. We wouldn't blame anybody else or anything. God, we would just start here. What are you saying to me today? Who are you calling me to be? What, the man or the woman that you want me to become? Father, let me put a stake in the ground right now, today, to be a person who follows you and serves you. And Father, what do you want for my house? What do you want for my life? Father, I pray a blessing on every house represented here. Father, I pray a blessing on every family. I pray that you would be glorified in our hearts and in our lives and our homes. And Father, I pray for the family of God that you would be glorified in your church. Do what only you could do so that people look and say, wow, 
That wasn't a group of people. That was God, the God of all creation. You get the glory, Father. And we love you, God, and we dedicate our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. After the service today, I'll be here. There'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team, wherever you are. Hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a God who is with you, a God who is for you. There's a church who is with you. Man, don't fight the battle by yourself. At this time, I want to invite our ushers to come forward. It's a chance for us to give back to God, a chance for us to invest in his kingdom and for his glory. If you have a communication card this morning, you can notice on there, you can put information. If you're a guest, drop it in the basket. If you want more information about getting involved, there are different areas to mark on there as well. If you have a prayer request, mark that on that card. Drop that in the basket, and we will be praying with you and praying for you. This is our chance to give and to invest in his kingdom. Somebody say a short prayer. Father, thank you. It's all for your kingdom, God. Take what is given today, bless it, multiply it, Father, to impact families and children and people right here in our own community and orphans around the world. And God, use us to be a conduit of your grace and your mercy and your love. Father, answer every prayer that's dropped into this basket. Father, answer every prayer that's in our heart and in our home. And God, may, may you come and reign supreme. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we give. Amen, amen.